This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 83. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Marriage to the Max. Oh, hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. <laughs> You're being extra cheery today. And you are? Extra annoying. Brett Hurst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's who I am, Brett Hurst. <laughs> We're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement, and this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Oh, I'm so excited. Or so we hope. Yep. Well, today's episode is called, Is Your Marriage an Idol? Is Your Marriage an Idol? Yes. Not, Is Your Marriage Idol? Yeah. No, that would be another episode. We can do that one too. Yeah, we can. No, this is I-D-O-L. Is okay. your marriage an idol? Okay. So there are two types of listeners who should sit up and take notice to today's episode. Ignore that telephone. Yeah, if you can hear the telephone in the background. Um, the married person and the single person. Okay. Which means basically everyone. That about covers it. Yeah, because... I think there are different ways, and by the way, I'm not even sure if we have listeners to the podcast who are single, but if you do. are, would you email us? Because we would really love to hear from you. Yeah. Seriously. That would be so cool. Okay. Yes, yes. So, but because there are different ways that we can idolize marriage and uh-huh. sort of put marriage on a pedestal, uh-huh. married people can over-prioritize their marriage. They can just sort of make it too important, and we're going to kind of unpack how they can do that. Okay. And then single people can over-prioritize it as well in just sort of a fantasy way of thinking like marriage will solve all my problems, and when I find the right person, I'll feel complete and all of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like different sides of the spectrum. It's an interesting conversation since we deal with so many people who under-prioritize That's very true. But now we're going the other way. I know, and it may seem weird to have... People who run a marriage nonprofit, you know, marriage education nonprofit, talking about making marriage an idol. But I think there are ways we we do it, and I think it, it's a helpful conversation. Okay. So first, I would just say, considering what Scripture tells us about marriage in the light of eternity, mm-hmm. uh, Scripture's pretty clear that we will not need marriage when we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell people that. And uh, maybe this is part of the over-prioritizing thing. People get very sad about that. Yeah. You know, like, what? We won't have marriage in uh-huh. heaven? But to your point, there won't be a need for it. There won't be a need for it. Because the one who made marriage will be getting the center of all of our adoration and affection. We'll still get to hang out together. You and I <laughs> will see each other. Yeah, yeah. And we will enjoy that. But. Yeah, but I think the sadness that you're referencing is because when you are married, especially if you're married a long time, mm-hmm. you do sort of adopt an identity of, oh, I'm Brett's wife. Right. You know what I mean? Or I'm Kelly's husband. It's and Definitely more that one than the first one. Then, <laughs> then you, you can sort of make it about your identity, which it really shouldn't be. Right. I understand, you know, it's kind of hard not to make it that way, but I think that's what people kind of lament when they read that scripture. They go, well, God, who am who I going to be? I'm yeah. Not that person's spouse or exactly. whatever. Exactly. When we um, dated, I was tall guy who dates Kelly. <laughs> that is Nobody knew my name. They just knew I was the tall guy that 
landed you. That is not true. But anyway. That is true. Um, so I was just going to say that we seem to place a lot of emphasis on marriage while we're on earth, even though scripture's clear that it's it's just an earthly relationship. It, it's not an eternal relationship. And so that's one thing to sort of, you know, throw out there, which I, I think is helpful to, to sort of remember. The other thing, and we, we, we talk to a lot of couples about this, and it's this idea that when we put the mantle on someone else of something that only God can do, then we're setting up that human being for an epic fail. If I, as a wife, you know, put the responsibility on you, Brett, to be for me only what God can be, you know, the person who completes me, the person who meets my needs, the person who... If you're trying to assign that all to me then that is not only sets you up for a huge fail right. because you are not equipped to yeah. be that person. I'm, I'm a husband who is to love you because Christ has loved the church in that way. So in a typology, I can be like that, mm-hmm. but I'm not Christ. But you're not that. That's yeah. right. And the other way is true too. You know, when men expect their wives to be everything, that you know, to, to just be everything to them, meet all of their needs. It's mm-hmm. too much. And I think that's essentially what we do when we idolize marriage relationships. We yank God out of first place mm-hmm. and we stick our spouse there instead. And we say, this relationship should complete me. And we may right. not say this out loud, but the way we behave is... We're not Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like this relationship should make all my dreams come true. You know, you as my spouse should meet all my needs. And then when our spouse inevitably cannot accomplish that, mm-hmm. then we become disappointed, we become disillusioned. Why is he not completing me? Yeah. And I just think there's a, I don't know, maybe a fine line between viewing marriage as the blessing that it is and then making an idol out of it. Right. I I, I just, yeah. So, yeah. okay. Right. No. So, um, so John Piper asks, yeah, so John Piper asks three questions to determine whether your marriage partner has become less of a blessing and more of an idol. Okay. I thought these three were pretty helpful. Far away. First one he says is, does the idea of losing your marriage partner produce debilitating anxiety? Hmm. Yeah. Now, obviously, no one wants to lose their spouse. I that mean, would make any person somewhat anxious. Of course. But not debilitating anxiety. Yeah, like his point is, if the thought of that brings about the kind of fear that like, undermines your faith or mm-hmm. just hinder you know zaps all the joy out of you of life then maybe your mate has become a stand-in for God mm-hmm. and you know again I don't want to minimize losing a spouse right but if that's our entire world right then maybe we had maybe we have to start looking at that a little bit more right and of course you're being sensitive in that example you just gave where mm-hmm. somebody has, recently lost their spouse, mm-hmm. maybe they've been married 30, 40, 50, 60 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is a, it is a relationship that's unlike any other relationship. And mm-hmm. of course, you're going to have deep sorrow and sadness, mourning, mm-hmm. grief, uh, that's going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, it, it, this is a tricky one. It is. And because, I, and I, and, I, and in no because, way do I want to minimize what we're talking about. But I have known, you have too, we've known people who've lost their spouses. Sure. And 
it's like their life comes to an end. Right. And beyond the, you know, the normal time of grief and getting your life sort of figuring out what right. the new normal is and all of that. We and of get course, that. we haven't walked through that yet. No, we haven't. And so, I, you know, <laughs> I may eat my words big time, but uh, I'm just saying that your life is not over if your spouse is no longer right. in your life. There is life that continues. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and because marriage is an earthly only relationship, mm-hmm. right. we have to sort of keep that in mind, I think. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I think what's making this such a, well, this is a great topic, Kel, but what's making this such a different, difficult conversation is that most of us don't really take the time to think about the fact that marriage is an earth only Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. relationship. Right. It's kind of temporary Mm -hmm. in, in a way. So the second question that Piper asks is, does your affection for and delight in your spouse detract or diminish your delight in God's word or in his people. In other words, does me being so in love with my spouse keep me from in some way being close to God? Right. Yeah. In other words, you know, the the blessing of marriage should deepen those right. things. It should enhance it. Exactly. Not detract from it. Right. Right. And so, you know, I think back to the passage in Matthew 10 where, you know, that says whoever loves father or mother more than God is not worthy of God. You know, that's that's kind of a, one of those scriptures that's using hyperbole. It's not mm-hmm. trying to say literally hate your father and mother. Mm-hmm. But it is saying that our earthly relationships are meant to be less than mm-hmm. our relationship with God. Right. And so I'm sure that includes husbands and wives too, fathers and mothers, children, you know, all earthly relationships. Right. If we are putting our spouses, literally before we're putting God, I mean, we're putting them in the wrong place. Yeah. I I would say this as a sidebar, the added sense of security that I get through you, which is a great gift from God, Mm -hmm. is because of God ministering to me through you as my wife. Right. Not because, no offense, not because of you. Yeah. I mean, or and vice versa for me with you. Right. It's that God, that you're growing in God and you're growing in Christ and that is and hopefully as it, my faith matures right. then that is more of a blessing for you right. and vice versa and it grows me in mm-hmm. my own faith and so forth yeah and it gets back to marriage being a three-way relationship anyway right. the way God designed it right please continue okay so the third question that Piper asks is this is your relationship regulated by the word of God rather than your own independent ideas or ideas of the world. And this is, I th- where, this is where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, because I think what he's getting at here is that there are a lot of cultural impressions mm-hmm. and influences mm-hmm. that we can absorb about relationships. I mean, the biggest one right now in our culture is my marriage should make me happy, period. Mm-hmm. That I think that's probably the biggest. And if you're not happy, get out. Right. It is, is so culturally, Pervasive. you know. And of course, we would never support the idea of staying in a terribly unhealthy right. relationship That's or anything not what like we're that. Talking about. Surely, people know us well enough to know, you know, we would never say that. But at the same time, you well, know, for one thing, it assumes that we have a right to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, God didn't create us necessarily to be happy. We'll have happy days. We'll have sad right. days. Yeah, but marriage is hard sometimes. But to finish my thought. God created us to be joyful, mm-hmm. which is different than happiness. Mm-hmm. Joyful means that we are 
content in God, whether we're happy or we're sad. Right. And so I think the question just kind of comes back to, are we building our relationship on the blueprint of the one who came up with the idea of marriage in the first place? Good question. Versus, you know, just kind of the cultural willy nilly, you know, stuff that comes along. Right. Well, Tim Keller has a great quote about idolatry. He says, idolatry really, when it boils down to it, it's simply making good things into ultimate things. Mm. And so you could say all kinds of things could become an idol, but certainly the good thing that is your marriage can become an ultimate thing. And you could extend this to family, kids, Mm -hmm. other things like that. Yeah. So I think one of the things we can do to sort of change or shift the way we think about it is to do a little language upgrade. So instead of saying phrases like, I want to prioritize my marriage, or I want to work on my marriage, Mm -hmm. what if I prioritized my spouse? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we have used some of this language. All the time. All the time. Yeah. On this podcast. Right. You know. But uh, to say that I'm prioritizing Brett sounds a little less institutionalized and sterile than to say prioritizing my marriage. And I think... What what I'm really always trying to get down to is to remind people that God cares deeply about the institution of marriage, but not more than he cares about the two individuals mm-hmm. in the marriage. Right. And so when I hear couples use terminology like we want to save our marriage, I know what they mean. Sure. But I try to encourage them to personalize that and say, instead of saying I want to save my marriage right. as the institution... I want to stay married to Brett, you know. It's really good. It's a lot more personal. It is. And it becomes about the other person and not just this institution. Yeah. So, you know, I think, honestly, those of us that are in marriage ministry and in church, you know, the church world, I do think we need to be a little more honest about the realities of marriage. I've talked to a lot of single friends who go to church And they feel like the idea of marriage is sort of held up on this pedestal. Like you're sanctified once you're married or you're in the the good graces of God once you're married. Right. To the point that I've had had single friends, you know, who have said to me, they go to church and they feel a little less than. Right. Because they'll say, "I, I feel like I don't feel like there's a place for me in the family of God because... I don't fit in with all the young married couples and families. And that's on the church for totally sending out the is. wrong message. Yeah, that's what I mean is is like that's on us a little bit. You and know, of course, the, I mean the obvious, I mean Paul was not married. Mm-mm. Jesus was not married, just a name too important. Uh, not only that, but Paul said it's a little better if you're not married. Yeah. He I mean, said, if I had my way, yeah. I would rather your heart not be divided. Right. And you because just... your loyalty automatically gets divided when right. you're married and when you have children. And so I, I always tell my single friends, and this is not to minimize their desire to be married or anything like that. It's just to say that when you get married, you trade one set of challenges in for mm-hmm. another. That's right. And, and, and yes, there are blessings, blessings to that. Me- absolutely. Yeah, right. but, you, but you're not going to walk away from challenges and difficult situations just because you've got a partner by your side. Right. You know, so anyway, so I thought that was interesting. And then another thing I just wanted to bring up is um, one of my favorite authors and counselors is a woman named Leslie Vernick. Mm-hmm. And a good question that she has is she asks it this way. She says, are you so focused on not only keeping your marriage together, but also maybe about on what other people think about your marriage mm-hmm. relationship, that it controls you instead of the love of Christ mm-hmm. working through you. In other words, she says, if you live by a fear of failure or a fear of what people might think, or even a fear of being alone, mm-hmm. 
then are you really living by faith? Right. You know, and I think some men and women, particularly particularly maybe Christian men and women, have been groomed to put marriage first as their highest purpose, their deepest desire. And really, that's not a biblical idea. I mean, yes, prioritize it. Right. Prioritize it in an earthly way. It's a biblical institution. It's a tremendous gift from God. Right. With all kinds of blessings available and right. so forth. But God wants to be our first That's love. right. And only God can complete us. And he's the only one who can love us perfectly. And if we're looking to marriage to do that, Mm -hmm. we are idolizing marriage. Well, and I tell people this all the time. I mean, I think about all the things I could lose. I could lose you. I could lose our children. You know, I could lose close friends. I could lose my job, my ministry. The the one thing I can never lose is my Mm -hmm. Relationship and my standing with God because I didn't do anything to make that happen. Right. By His grace and because of everything Christ accomplished on my behalf, on your behalf, <laughs> I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't claim it. I. I didn't earn it. I can't lose it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, in case anyone doubts our collective passion for marriage, you know, we always say that for people who are married, and not everyone is called to be married. Right. That is so clear in scripture. Right. Not everyone's called to be, but those of you who have made the choice to be married, your marriage should be your most important earthly relationship. Right. But it should never step in the place of your relationship with your creator. Yep. It was never meant to be that. Right. So I think that was a good conversation. Sure, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot to chew on. <laughs> I know, I, I think but... it's not a conversation that people have yeah. in general. Yeah, and I, know, and I realize it's but not I... a light conversation, it's not a simple conversation, but I thought it was worth putting out there. Absolutely, I agree. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, please send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org, and we will do our best to get it on the air. And we hope you'll share the love by rating this podcast on iTunes. Give us a good review. That helps us to have more visibility. Well, thank you all so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless you all. Thank you.